Hi everyone, and welcome to the 156th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and today we've got a great episode for you today. We've got some great news, got some rumors, got some confirmations, lots of great stuff, and great questions, so please stick around. For you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. We have a two-segment show today. First, we have news, and then finally, our question segment. So anyway, in the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. And our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We've got Blue Machine, who's at Blue Machine, Nahika Blaui, Louis James, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Chris Morales, Eric Decker, who's at Chaco Taco, Marcus Karnecki, Michael Graham, Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre23, Zach Duranto, who's at ZDuranto58, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Chris Pope, who's at Dr. Pope181, David Calrow, Darren Matthews, who's at Doomster73, Joseph Robertson, who's at Pokemon Trainer J, jo- Josh McNabb, who's at J2K9, Keith Field, who's at The Mighty Keith, Mike, Mike Shirley Donnelly, Muhammad Kayam, uh, Nico Gonzalez, who's at Nick underscore nine, Nick underscore Knack ninety five. Patrick, Rachel Casterton, who's at Orbayun Ray. Rob Porter, who's at Squirty Birdie one. Tobias Cappy, who's at the Tobias Cappy. Uh, Tyson Wildman, who's at Ty Wildman one. Vita Nitas, who's at V underscore Tron five thousand. Zach Porter, who's at Porter Paradox, and Zelda Clone, who's at Apes Type Novels. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And our next deep dive stream will be on October 19th, around 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Oh, wait, no, it would be Eastern Standard Time, right? I think maybe I can make it this time because I think it's going to be later in the day for me now. We'll see how it works. <laughs> So whatever, uh, I guess like Japan time, whatever 10, 10 a.m. is for me, Japan time, that's when I'll be, that's when I'll be live. <laughs> now moving on to the news segment. So in the way of news, we've got first a new full collection of the Kingdom Hearts games called Kingdom Hearts The Story So Far. Uh, This collection contains Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5, and 2.8 on PS4. That is a total of six games. Kingdom Hearts 1, Reach Hand Memories, Kingdom Hearts 2, Birth by Sleep, Dream Drop Distance, and 0.2. And there are the three movie-length cutscene experiences. I hesitate to call them movies, (laughs) because... I mean, you could argue back cover is a movie. They edit that one pretty well, but like 358 over 2 is literally just if you remade 358 over 2, but then only made the cutscenes. <laughs> and then uh, uh, I haven't watched Recoded yet. We'll watch it soon on the live stream for the first time. But uh, yeah, it seems like the same kind of a thing. Here, here's hoping they, they remake those games one day. But uh, anyway, so uh, this will be releasing October 30th for $40. And I think, you know, considering, you know, that you're getting 
at the very least, five full games, and then one one like Kingdom Hearts three preview, and then three of these movies, like all of that for forty bucks, pretty good. And uh, Square Enix has confirmed that it will be coming on two discs, which makes sense. Like honestly, all this package is it's 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 really nothing new. It's just a collection of Kingdom Hearts one point five and two point five, which released on one disc and then kingdom hearts 2.8 it's just those two things re-released but instead it comes in the same blu-ray box or you could download it from you know the psn store i guess but (laughs) yeah so this is this is just purely just something they can sell that will be out in time for christmas it's just something to get kingdom hearts on the shelves this holiday season, it's a quick quick money grab. But to be fair, like pricing wise, like I think the price is right. Yeah, forty bucks for all that is really good. So uh, anyway, moving on from there, uh, Kingdom Hearts three demos are going to be available at several demo centers throughout Japan for the next few months. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because uh, actually one of them is going to be in Fukuoka on November fourth. And uh, that's not too far from me, so I might actually go to that. The only thing that I was, like, noticing about that, and this is just, like, (laughs) it makes me just facepalm and think, oh, man, the poor Japanese people. The poor Japanese people. But, uh, so, so the 4th, November 4th, the day that it's going to be in Fukuoka, at this, uh, like, PlayStation demo event, uh, it's... On a Sunday that is a holiday weekend, but it's not a holiday weekend that actually has extra days off. It's really weird. So, you know, just looking at my calendar, there is a, you know, kind of a floating holiday that sort of just randomly appears in November around, like, November 3rd. It might just be November 3rd period, but... For whatever reason, November 3rd is considered a holiday, and it's one of those holidays that if it lands on a weekday, you get it off, and if it lands on a Saturday, well, tough luck. You still you still get it off, but you're not getting Friday off extra. So, it's one of those years, so it's like, um, I don't know if I go to this big event, <laughs> if there's going, if it's even going to be likely for me to ever play kingdom hearts 3 because like every time i've ever gone to a place that has the kingdom hearts 3 demo it's always been crazy namely e3 the only reason i got into e- the e3 demos because uh people from square enix let me play it and yeah i wasn't gonna wait in that line that was like three hour line so i can only imagine something available to the public in the middle of fukuoka huge city like that's not gonna go well so the only option i really have is if i somehow end up in fukuoka prior to that maybe spend the night i don't know so we'll see there's also no rush for me, for us to go there and play it at the very least if i'm there like i'll make sure to like check to see that it's not like a like a particularly different demo i'm sure it's the same demo we've been seeing around at you know various places but um yeah I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's gonna be anything too big. But hey, if I get a chance to play Kingdom Hearts three on in November, heck yeah, I'm gonna take it. 
as long as it's not as long as I don't have to wait too long, I'll do it. So yeah, moving on from there, um, the Kingdom Hearts 3 opening theme song has finally been officially announced, as we talked about on the last episode. It is uh, Face My Fears. So pr- basically everything that we said last time is, uh, you know, hold, holds water. Everything everything we found out last time was right. Uh, so just to add to that, some additional details that we've gotten. So apparently Sk- Skrillex was originally approached just to do a remix of Don't Think Twice. Uh, kind of like how prior games have always been where... So Uta Hikaru, she would make the main theme song. So for example, in Kingdom Hearts 1, we had Simple and Clean or Hikari. And then... Once that theme song was made, they would reach out to some DJ and ask them to do a remix version, and then that remix version would be the opening version of the, you know, of that theme song. Uh, and now that I think of it, that only applied to Kingdom Hearts One, because in Kingdom Hearts Two, the way that worked was, so Utada wrote Passion slash Sanctuary. And she did make a remix of it, but not really. But and I and I think it was just her that made it. It's just a different mix of it. It's the opening version, but it's identical to, or more or less identical to the actual pop version of Passion. And then the the remix was the after the battle version, but that was a slow somber version of Passion that she wrote herself. And well. With her team, not not with like a, you know, like a DJ or anything. So, uh, this is more in line with Kingdom Hearts One, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but uh, once once being approached because Skrillex was a huge fan of Kingdom Hearts and actually also a friend of Utala, they actually decided to co-write an original song together. So instead of you know, a Skrillex-produced Don't Think Twice remix, we're getting a brand new song called Face My Fears, co-written between uh, Skrillex and Utada, and is produced by Pooh Bear, the guy that we mentioned on the last episode. So, really excited. Can't wait to see what that ends up being. Um, This is going to release on January 18th, alongside Don't Think Twice. So... Yeah, the final, like, actual proper release. Uh, yeah, I guess that's another big thing. The proper release of the English version of Don't Think Twice has also been announced, and it's going to release alongside Face My Fears in January 18th, 2019. So it'll all be on uh, CD or iTunes, digital, wherever wherever you get your music these days. You kids these days and your music, I don't understand it. How, how do you know when the music's out if you don't have a a record? <laughs> yeah, so that that's that's what you have to look forward to. Can't wait. Uh, speaking of which, uh, we didn't really talk about it before, but the uh, in the Tokyo Game Show trailer, they actually had the full English version of Don't Think Twice in that, and uh, yeah, you could listen to it. It's really hard to hear though because it's. You know, it's got all the trailer sound effects over it. There are some parts of that English version that I'm just like, this doesn't quite feel right. (laughs) 
but I'll let you be the judge on uh, how much you like or don't like it. So uh, anyway, moving on to the last bit of news. Now this is the bit of news that uh, I- I'm surprised not no one's really talking about it. I guess it's more of a rumor, but like for me, like this is like the biggest thing out there. So is Sephiroth being hinted to be in Kingdom Hearts three? Finally, is he finally being hinted? What? So, uh, recently, in Kingdom Hearts Union Cross, there was an event with Sephiroth. Uh, it was called, like, the Dark something. Dark, not Dark Seeker, but, like, the Dark-Winged Angel, even though he definitely should be called the One-Winged Angel, something like that. And, yeah, so you could fight against Sephiroth. This is not Creepypasta, by the way. <laughs> this, set, this setup sounds like Creepypasta. No, this is totally real. You can watch it on YouTube. Uh, and... Uh, so there was actually two versions of the fight. There was the original version, which is the one I'm talking about, that that released like mid month last month, and then there was like a Paradox Cup version, or, or the the Hades Cup version, and then there's the Paradox Cup version. So I guess in total, three different versions. So I'm talking about the first one. Uh, the first one was pretty neat because when you played it, there was like a little bit of a cutscene involved with it, and during the fight, it played uh, One Winged Angel, so that was, that was really cool. Uh, but yeah, so at the end of the fight, Sephiroth says the following: "You'll find me here when the time comes," and then he just flies away. And I was just like, "What?" Am I am I am I picking up what you're putting down, Mister Sephiroth? Are you are you saying you'll find me here when the time comes? And I'm just thinking, like, does that mean so you'll find me here? And and currently, so this event takes place in Olympus Coliseum. So does that mean we're gonna find Sephiroth in Olympus Coliseum when the time comes? Bro, the time is January 25th or 29th, 2019, when Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. That's where we're going to find him. I'm telling you. So, that's, that, that's, that's the, <laughs> I guess that's the big, the big thing. I am, I was super hyped. I was like, yes, finally. This, this is it. As far as I'm concerned, this is like, yep, this is Nomura. He's confirming it. He's confirming it directly to me, Brandon. I'm there. I'm fully on it. And to be fair, like, out of all the characters, you know, in the Final Fantasy universe, that have a chance of making it into Kingdom Hearts, I feel like Sephiroth and, you know, most likely Cloud, definitely have the highest chance of uh, of making it in. They've definitely had the most uh, compelling stories throughout the uh, mainline Kingdom Hearts games. Uh, Cloud has also appeared in several side games. I mean, so so have other Final Fantasy characters, but Cloud Cloud has definitely been one of the more prominent ones, and you know clearly is one of Nomura's favorites. And also, you know, much like in Kingdom Hearts Two, uh, you know, while Kingdom Hearts Two was releasing, uh, Tetsuya Nomura was busy with Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, the Final Fantasy VII movie. And a lot of stuff from that dripped back into Kingdom Hearts 2. That's why 
in Kingdom Hearts 2, Cloud wears the same outfit that he wears in uh, in Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Uh, same with Tifa. Uh, Aerith, she wears her, her costume from Before Crisis, uh, which she also wears in Crisis Core. So, oh wait, no, her Crisis Core outfit is different. So she just wears her outfit from Before Crisis. That was a cell phone game that uh, Nomura designed all the characters for. So, you know, if that's anything to go on, you know, the the characters represent whatever projects, you know, Nomura happens to be working on at the time. In the case of Final Fantasy VII, you know, the coincidence happens to be that this time he is working on the Final Fantasy VII remake. So, you know, I'm definitely not surprised that uh, we'll have the opportunity to play them. Um, though... I feel like if this fight's going to happen in Olympus Coliseum, it's probably not going to hold that much significance related to the FF7 remake. Because, like, Olympus Coliseum, (laughs) that feels very Kingdom Hearts 1, and also not related to, you know, uh, to the remake like i would imagine if it was like related to the remake that like somehow we would find sephiroth in a city that kind of looked steampunky or well i guess diesel punky you know and a little bit like uh midgar or maybe we would like we'd start fighting him somewhere and then like the fight would enter a dark portal and we would end up in midgar and then it would go to another phase that's the other thing that i want is i want it to be multi-phase i guess all the Sephiroth boss fights in in the Kingdom Hearts games have been multi-phase, but I guess multi-phase in action game sense where Sephiroth's model doesn't really change. His animation set does, and that's pretty much it. I guess what I'm more thinking of is kind of like, you know, like, uh, you know, like how Sephiroth is in the, in FF7, which... You know, I hate to say it, but Sephiroth in FF7, it's just kind of a take on what Kefka was in FF6. Where, you know, he starts out with the, uh, is it, does he start out with the weird creepy Genova form? I don't know. He starts out as a blob monster, and then he goes into his angel form. Forget what the blob monster's called. I know the angel one is safe for Sephiroth because that's a poor translation of Seraph Sephiroth, like Seraphim, like angel. So, yeah, I was hoping for something like that. Maybe, maybe it's still possible, but yeah, happening in Olympus Coliseum just makes me think like they're just tacking this on because they know they kind of have to, you know. If if you know if we're just gonna fight him in Olympus Coliseum, so it just kind of. I don't know. There's something inside me that is telling me don't hold your hopes up too high because they chose Olympus Coliseum as the battlefield. That's just me. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, hoping against my uh, concerns that it's going to be something really interesting. So either way, I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. Now, moving on to our question segment. Our first question today comes from Nico Gonzalez. So, Nico asks, I was looking at the Kingdom Hearts 3 box art and noticed that our team has 13 in total on their side. Do you think there was some sort of twist 
where Zehanort turns our heroes into the 13 darknesses and uses these quote-unquote new princesses as the seven lights in order to avoid any kind of casualties to any of the Xehanorts. So that's an interesting, uh, an interesting point. Um, and going off of that, um, in the Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer that recently came out of TGS, uh, there was actually, um, several, uh, shots regarding the, uh, the chess scene between Young Master Xehanort and Young Master Ericus. And in that scene, at the very end, you see the piece that seems to represent Sora, and he's just surrounded by, you know, dark pieces. So, I would say, I I don't know by what means, but to some extent, yeah, I definitely feel like Sora's going to be all alone (laughs) by the end of this. That's going to kind of be one of the things, is that he's just going to be like, one by one, Xehanort's just going to pluck away all of Sora's allies. So that's going to be really interesting to see how that works out. Um... As for your idea, is you know, is is he doing this specifically to, you know, eliminate the possibilities of him taking casualties on his side? That that's that's definitely a possibility. Um, it could also be possible that one by one, we kill off all the Xehanorts, and one by one, he just replaces them with our guys. That's another possibility, but um, there's definitely a point in the game. Unfortunately, we already know the spoiler that you know we see Mickey, Sora, and Donald. Uh, and I'm I'm am guessing probably Goofy. Goofy's probably okay. I have a feeling they're probably not gonna let too too much bad happen to Goofy after what happened to him in Kingdom Hearts two. But we we at least see Sora, Donald, and Mickey, and uh old old guys a and or together so who knows who else is in that scene but uh may, perhaps at that point all his other friends are gone <laughs> who knows oh man poor Kyrie. you think he's gonna get Kyrie? i don't know i hope not if he can't turn Kyrie into a xehanort he'll probably just like lock her up <laughs> and then all the all the uh all the all the people on uh, like polygon and waypoint they're gonna be like oh man this is so sexist or, or damsel in distress whatever it's gonna be great so uh yeah i don't know yeah for the purposes of avoiding casualties i'm not sure i don't think xehanort really cares all that much i i think he feels i, I wouldn't be surprised if he definitely has this concept of a lack of permanence when it comes to Xehanorts, you know, they are, in fact, just vessels at, in the end. So that that's more along the lines of what I'm thinking, is that they're just vessels and he doesn't really care all that much. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, using the Seven Princesses of Light, though, uh, as a workaround, he's definitely hinted at that in the past. So I think that definitely is going to be how, you know, h- however he manages it i think that's how that's how he's gonna find the workaround for forging the keyblade is the seven princesses of heart so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty tough uh you know fighting back against this guy because 
he just has like so many different options and all these different schemes and ideas. It's crazy. So anyway, moving from there, our next question comes from Christopher Pope. And Christopher asks, at this point, what are the chances that we'll see any Final Fantasy characters incorporated in Kingdom Hearts 3? Personally, I believe that if Nomura does have plans to include the Final Fantasy 7 gang, we won't know until closer to the game's release until or within the final tra- trailer. Thoughts? So uh, I did talk about how uh, it seems like Nomura is hinting that at least Sephiroth will be returning. And I think if Sephiroth returns, you know, that kind of makes Cloud a shoo-in. As for other characters, it's very unclear. Because, like, all the other characters, they're very localized to uh, Radiant Garden. And as far as we know so far, Radiant Garden is not going to be an explorable world in Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, Shocking as it may seem, even though it is featured in the game. But so far, all we've seen of Radiant Garden is really just Zexion in the the Master's... uh, in in Ansem the Wise's computer room. So that's really the only place so far that we've seen that is definitely a part of it, which now that I think of, oh man, I want them to turn that camera, you know, 180 degrees around from where we've been seeing it so far. Don't you guys just want to see the uh, the heartless factory that's in front of that and how cool that's going to look? Oh man, that's gonna look so cool in in uh in on the PS4. Oh man, I just thought of that. That's gonna be so awesome. I can't wait to see that. That's gonna be great. Now I know why they, you know, if you had to choose one room from uh from Radiant Garden to remake, like that's definitely one of the places that I would want them to remake. Um, I guess all the other areas that I really liked from Hollow Bastion or yeah from hollow bastion are gone because you know that's from the kingdom hearts one version like man just thinking about hollow bastion from kingdom hearts one it's just like man i really want them to remake kingdom hearts one it's just such a beautiful area i love hollow bastion and kingdom hearts one i mean it's such a great place oh got me thinking about that again anyway so going back to final fantasy characters um apart from that i guess there is still a, a decent chance that We'll see the um, the trio from Destiny Islands, Selfie and Tidus and Waka, because uh, there are definitely scenes of Kyrie and Sora at Destiny Islands. There's even a scene of Sora at Destiny Islands with Goofy. So this definitely seems to be an opportunity to go back to Destiny Islands. So I think it would be really cool to see, you know, Selfie, Titus, and Waka. Like, I I don't know if they'd ever have, like, a really big part in the story, but I could see them at least being there, maybe having one cutscene. I don't know. I guess we'll see. That being said, I could also see Destiny Islands yet again not being (laughs) very playable at all, which would be very sad, but... I don't know. We always hear about that place called Cable Town. What if Cable Town is in Destiny Islands? What if Destiny Islands is the original location of Radiant or what was that place called? Daybreak Town? I mean, I'm just thinking that like there's got to be some connection there because, you know, 
as far as we know, especially from uh, Master Xehanort, Xehanort is from Destiny Islands. Period. The end. He says so in his uh, Xehanort reports in, in Birth by Sleep. Xehanort is from Destiny Islands. Yet we see Xehanort and Master Ericus as children playing chess. And when I say as children, I mean more like as teenagers. You know, around a similar age as to when he was standing on Destiny Island saying that he was disappointed in the world being so small and whatever and not having adventure and whatever. So does that mean Master Ericus is also there is also a part of this so like at one point do they go to land of departure you know there's there's all kinds of questions on like the chronology of all this and where they where they all live so i i definitely really want to see that played out and i hope Nomura didn't forget that xehanort is from destiny islands because he wrote it but uh i guess we'll uh we'll have to wait and see but uh, yeah, I guess as for other Final Fantasy characters, I don't think we'll see Orin, for example. Like they, they pretty much, uh, fairly well. They, they, they did a a fairly good job bookending his story, uh, mostly in that, um, you know, kind of spoilers. But at the, in the in the ending credits of of Kingdom Hearts two, uh, Orin is shown turning back into Pyreflies, sort of indicating that he's moving on he's passed on like for real though so i think that's yeah pretty much book ended there and as for like new final fantasy characters i don't think Nomura's gonna put any new final fantasy characters because i think all of them has ca- have caused him strife in some way or another <laughs> i i think lightning has the best chance because that probably caused him the least amount of strife i think the most amount of strife is definitely um noctis so i don't think we'll ever see noctis again like noctis oh man it was so sad noctis used to be a shoe-in for for kingdom hearts and then now he is like the pariah he will never be in kingdom hearts and that's just sad oh man too bad poor noctis i'm i'm still of the mind that if he does include noctis i want noctis to be in his versus 13 outfit because for one it would fit Kingdom Hearts a lot better than it would Final Fantasy XV. Like, that, that original outfit that he designed for him back in t- 2006, and that outfit never really got used. So, that would be, like, a great opportunity. Like, bring bring Noctis in. Like, if you... It, oh, man. I, I, I'm, I'm 100% sure I've said this already, but I'll bring it up again. This is, like, my ideal situation, is that let's set the scene we're in the world that never was we're stepping out of memory skyscraper or not we it's gonna be noctis or, or maybe it's we maybe we're maybe we're, we're with noctis <laughs> stepping out of the the world that never was memory skyscraper just like deep dive the place is surrounded by neo shadows and then noctis does his iconic 2006 trailer animation of him like pulling out the sword swinging it around and it's you know it's it and all the neo shadows are there in front of the building (laughs) and then you start fighting the neo shadows and it's just like the trailer because basically if you think about it 
the Final Fantasy Versus 13 original trailer is just a copy of Deep Dive. It's just Deep Dive. Verse, Final Fantasy Versus 13 was going to be Tetsuya Nomura's opportunity to make Deep Dive as a game. Just going to let that sit there for a little bit. And if you look at that trailer, oh man, that trailer is like so, it's so obvious that like that's supposed to be Deep Dive. So like how cool would it be seeing that Tabata fully cut all that stuff out of Final Fantasy XV? How cool would it be to have the opportunity in Kingdom Hearts to bring that story back to Kingdom Hearts where it belongs? And Noctis can be there too, so... Just, just an idea. Anyway, our next question comes from Michael ba- ba- Barudi. Uh, Michael Barudi. I, I think um, you were at the um, Key Bearers thing with the uh, with Churro at the Key Bear Alliance events. So uh, d- yeah, thanks for going to that. Um, obviously, I wasn't there. <laughs> Still in Japan. Anyway. Hi, guys. I was wondering how many more Disney worlds have yet to be revealed for Kingdom Hearts. So far, there's seven. So do you think there will be nine Disney worlds? This seems to be the popular theory. I was trying to find Nomura's official statement on this matter, but was unsuccessful in locating it. That said, according to other people, he supposedly said... There would be more overall worlds in Kingdom Hearts 3, but less Disney worlds in comparison to Kingdom Hearts 2, which was, which supposedly had 12 worlds. Yeah, had 12 worlds. Uh, on a related note, Brandon mentioned that Square usually puts out an 8 minute trailer before launch. Uh, if there were, if there are two worlds remaining, do you think they'd reveal both worlds at that trailer? And when do you, think uh when do you think we'll receive uh the new trailer and which event do you think the trailer will be shown at oh yeah lots of great questions um so i have a theory that is i don't know i'm I'm trying to hold my expectations low i think we've seen all the disney worlds Oh no, really? I think we've seen all the Disney worlds. So, uh, recently, Tayasue came out and said that there are about... there. Oh, not about. He said there are more than 10 worlds in Kingdom Hearts. There are more than 10 worlds... In, uh, no, more than 10 worlds in Kingdom Hearts 3. He did not say more than 10 Disney worlds. All right, so let's talk about what worlds have been confirmed. So as for Disney worlds, we've got Olympus Coliseum, Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Rapunzel, Big Hero 6, Pirates of the Caribbean, and Frozen. So that's the seven that we are talking about before. As for other areas that we've seen, we have Twilight Town, Destiny Islands, Land of Departure, Hollow Bastion, The Badlands slash Keyblade Graveyard, The Dark World, and then there's like an urban ruined area that Roxas was in in, um, in the last trailer. So 
that's an additional seven worlds right there. Now, that being said, I think within that that ladder list that I just listed, I think some of those are probably not full worlds, and some of those are probably not explorable outside of cutscenes. I I would say, for example, I do not think Hollow Bastion, uh, you know, reading. Radiant Garden, that is. I do not believe that Radiant Garden is a control is a fully uh, is a fully realized world. I think it's just one, maybe two areas, and they might just appear in cutscenes. So that's just my personal opinion on that. Um, other than that, there's uh, Land of Departure. I think we'll definitely have control there. Land of Departure also was shown to be kind of a small world, but it's also possible that we might get to explore some areas that we didn't get to explore before. Depends on how serious they take that world. Uh, Keyblade Graveyard is a pretty obvious uh, place that we're definitely going to go to. Dark World, we've already seen uh, Aqua and Sora fighting there. We've been there in 0.2, so might as well reuse a lot of those assets. Um... The urban area that Rox was in that was ruined, uh, Churro and I were theorizing that that might be Data Twilight Town. So they might be able to reuse content to make that. But, like, you know, at the end of the day, if you cut out even half of these, that's still over 10. You know, that would be about 11 11 to 12 uh, worlds already. So, like... At the end of the day, this is already quite quite a few worlds. So, you know, I have a sneaking suspicion that the Disney worlds we've seen are all the Disney worlds. I hope I'm wrong. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we haven't seen maybe a minigame world, i.e. Winnie the Pooh. But I think, you know, as for the large and the short of it, I think we've seen all the Disney worlds. Um, You know, if we think about it, when was the last time we saw a new world? That was E3. And in terms of like events that are out there and available, um, they went to Tokyo Game Show and announced nothing. Like that's, that kind of says a lot, I think. They went to Tokyo Game Show and didn't announce anything. You know, they they went to E3 and announced two worlds and then went to Tokyo Game Show and announced nothing. So that, to me, says they're probably done with Disney World announcing, as as sad as it may be. Uh, Another thing that I think kind of puts a little bit of a nail in the coffin is, uh, you know, not only is, you know, all of that the case, but... In Birth by Sleep, there were only seven Disney Worlds. It was the same deal. Like, the way Birth by Sleep was, was it was divided in three parts. You know, you go to uh, Enchanted Dominion. I always forget the names of these. Enchanted Dominion. They're so generic. I really hate hate the name. So, Enchanted Dominion, Dwarf Woodlands, and Castle of Dreams. So that's uh, Cinderella, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty. Okay. <laughs> I was like, confu- not only do I confuse the Disney worlds, I also confuse the Disney names because 
with Snow White and Sleeping Beauty, they in both evolve beautiful sleeping women <laughs> that must be woken up by True Love's kiss. So, it's not my fault. Anyway, but, in yeah, so in Birth by Sleep, you had those three worlds first, and then the middle three worlds, they had Disney Town, uh, Deep Space, and Olympus Coliseum. And then finally, they had one Disney World all by itself, and that was the Peter Pan world. So that's seven worlds right there, and that's that's the entirety of what Birth by Sleep offered to you. But then you say, but Brandon, uh, the only way that worked was that you played as three different characters. The way they did it was they reused the world three times. Well, you know, they've said that the Disney worlds all are, you know, a lot bigger than they normally are. So I would say it wouldn't be surprising to me if the Disney worlds are approximately three times larger than your typical Disney world. Oh, that makes it just about the right length. It's my personal opinion that we have seen all the Disney worlds. In the leak that that, that, that we saw back earlier this year, the, the one that we found Monsters, Inc. from, uh, there was data in there for Frozen World, Toy Story World, obviously Monsters, Inc., and then there was one other world listed that had P.O. as the, the, the suffix. Or, or prefix, rather. P.O. was the prefix. And I thought P.O. was going to be Winnie the Pooh. But it could be just Pirates. Pirates of the Caribbean. See, Pirates of the Caribbean, P.O. <laughs> I don't know. But that's... So So there is one other world that was listed in there that I wasn't 100% sure. That was listed with the prefix P.O., and I think that might have been Pirates of the Caribbean. Meaning, if that is the case, then all of the content has been spoken for that was leaked. So, we'll have to see. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, I think what that means is that a lot of main story content is going to happen. Which it seems kind of like undeniable at this point. You know, there's there's just so much that we've seen that happens outside of Disney World. So, yeah, my personal opinion is there's going to be seven Disney Worlds just like in, um, just like in, uh, whatchamacallit, just like in uh, Birth by Sleep. And I think that also ties into what Nomura has been saying, that, you know, this game has a lot less Disney Worlds than prior games. And, yep, seven would be pretty low. That's, you know, among the lowest that there's been. You know, low, uh, Birth by Sleep also being in that, uh, in that in that sphere, you could say. And, uh, yeah, that, that, all, that all adds up to me. And speaking of Kingdom Hearts games with a low count of Disney Worlds, uh, you know, just look at uh, Dream Drop Distance. Like, no one argues that D- Dream Drop Distance is not a, a big game, but, like, that's only got, uh, like, La, la Cité de, de la Cloche, or whatever the Notre Dame, you know, they have France. They've got The Grid, Prankster's Paradise, Country of Musketeers, and Symphony of Sorcery. That's five worlds. That, that that's the That's all the Disney worlds right there. 
uh, I guess you could kind of like in addition to that, like in in the total world count, they've got Destiny Islands, Mysterious Tower, Traverse Town, and the world that never was. So in total, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine worlds total. So that's what nine worlds looks like for a Kingdom Hearts game. Five Disney worlds for original worlds. So, you know, going off of that, you know, that would make sense that, okay, over 10. So you you mean like seven, seven Disney worlds and then, you know, a handful of original worlds. That's what I think. So that's just me. We'll, we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. I hope there's, you know, I hope there's sneaking in Star Wars. <laughs> Also, if that disappoints you, don't don't forget that like Nomura has talked about like, you know, that's what DLC is for and, you know, things like that. Like I'm still of the opinion that I would not mind a Disney World via DLC. That's just my opinion, but we'll see what ends up happening. All right, so that covers our show for today. Our music for this episode is an awesome uh, cover. It's actually kind of a, a music remake of Dive Into Heart and Kyrie Orchestrated. Uh, this one is done by Enrico De Deana. Enrico Deana on YouTube. And uh, yeah, definitely check him out. He covers a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of Final Fantasy stuff as well. Speaking of Final Fantasy. And, uh, yeah, our next episode is scheduled for the 23rd of October. And as always, if you guys like the show, please consider subscribing to us, Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com or Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. And remember, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And if you have any questions, please send them to khuquestions at gmail.com, and we can answer them here on the show. So, that brings us to the end of our show. It is goodbye time. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed recording it. Let me know what you guys think. Go on Twitter, at khunion. Let me know. Do you think Sephiroth is coming? Is Sephiroth coming to Kingdom Hearts 3? Do you think this Kingdom Hearts Union thing uh, proves it? Is this Nomura trying to uh, hint that it's coming? I just look at like that that uh, that little sneaky thing that he's got in there. You know, like he uh, you you'll find me here when the time comes. Like the, I I just see that and it reminds me of the thing that you have to do to get the secret ending for Dream Drop Distance, and then like all the letters end up spelling. This leads to Kingdom Hearts, and then Sora and Riku walk through like a door of light, and then the light that sort of wraps around them sort of looks like a Roman numeral three, because it's like three vertical lines. So so it looks like it says this leads to Kingdom Hearts 3. So to me, this is that level where Nomura is not allowed to tell you that Sephiroth is in yet but he can say it hint hint nudge nudge through story content so that's what I think so anyway 
go on Twitter, at KHUnion. Let me know. What do you think? Sephiroth in, Sephiroth out. Let me know. So anyway, I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.